الله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما قتلوه وما صلبوه ولكن شبه لهم صدق الله العظيم respected and honorable elders young friends and sisters and mothers listening at home assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Inshallah, in today's talk, I would like to remind myself and yourselves of two important points, Inshallah. The first point is regard to Easter, which we all know we are in the Easter holidays. Alhamdulillah, most of us, especially the adults, we all know the reality in regards to Easter. As Muslims, our beliefs are not the same as the beliefs of the Christians in regards to Easter. Their belief is that on the Friday, the Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, the Prophet Isa, son of Mary, they believe he was killed and crucified on the Friday, which is today. And they believe that he was resurrected on a Sunday. This is their belief. And generally, most of our, probably all of our children who go to school, this is the message which is instilled in their minds and their hearts. This is what they get taught at school. So it is extremely important that as Muslims, or especially as Muslim, Muslim parents, or even grandparents, we sit down with our children and in a very easy way we explain to them the importance, first of all, the importance of Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. The Prophet Jesus, Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, is a very important prophet to us as well. He was the last prophet before the arrival of our beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There was no prophet in between these two prophets. He is the prophet who will come down again in this ummah. He will come down again in this ummah. So as Muslims and as followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we also have a very strong connection with Sayyiduna Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. Allah the Almighty very clearly in Surah An-Nisa very clearly, very clearly tells us وَمَا قَتَلُوهُ وَمَا صَلَبُوهُ Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that he was not killed and he was not crucified as is the belief of the Christians. So what actually happened then? So we believe that when the soldiers came and surrounded the house where the Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam was in with his disciples, with his followers, the Hawariyin, you know how the followers of Rasulullah are called Sahaba. 
So the followers of uh, the, the, the disciples of the Prophet Isa والسلام, they were called Hawariyin, a word which we find in the Holy Quran in Juz 28. So he was in a house with his followers, with the Hawariyin, and the house was surrounded by the soldiers who came to arrest him. It's a very long story, but I'm cutting it short as time does not permit me to go into too much detail. And plus, I would like to talk about another point as well. Once, so a soldier comes inside the house. Now, there are two opinions. What happened next? Two opinions. A soldier comes inside the house to arrest the Prophet Isa, Prophet Jesus, to, and take him to the king. So one opinion is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala transformed the face of the soldier into the face of Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. Do you understand? The soldier's face got transformed to the face of Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam into the skies. And which sky is he in at the moment? Can anyone remember? I mentioned it last one, two weeks ago in the story of Mi'raj. We took three Jummas to talk about Mi'raj. Okay. Prophet Isa والسلام, is at the moment alive in the second sky. In the second sky with his cousin, Prophet Yahya. Okay. Now, Prophet Isa والسلام, was raised, he didn't die. Now try to understand, if he didn't die, surely every living, every human being who comes on the surface of the earth has to die. Yes or no? They have to die. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised him into the heavens in the second sky, that means he's not dead. This is our belief. So that means he has to come down again on the earth. And there's a reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted him. Because there is a special task which is still waiting for him. It's a very special task. Which is part of the major signs of Qiyamah. Which, which is part of the major signs of Qiyamah. Which is to kill the Antichrist, to kill Dajjal. Prophet Isa will do this in Israel. He will do this in Israel at a place called Babul Lud. This is what we find in the books of Hadith. So this will be one of his main tasks. And then he will die a natural death. And then he shall be buried inside Masjid al-Nabawi next to our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He'll be buried there. So this is our belief. And it is, very, it is very important that we clearly make our children understand the belief in regards to Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wa salam. We tell them, explain to them the importance of Prophet Isa alayhi salatu wasalam, and they must understand that he was not, neither killed, neither was he crucified. He is alive. So this is the first point I would like to mention. The second point, inshallah, is, alhamdulillah, we are literally round the corner from Ramadan. We have approximately 10, 11 days left. If we haven't made 
arrangements for Ramadan. If we haven't made preparations for Ramadan, it's still not late. In my community, where I come from, the Gujarati community, especially the mothers and the sisters in my community, they make, they make lots of preparations before Ramadan. But do you know what preparations they make? Can anyone tell me? They make, they make mashallah, preparations of samosas and pakores and these kind of preparations, which we all enjoy, yes? So these are the preparations the sisters in my community make. Not the only preparation though, yes? They make, mashallah, other spiritual preparations as well. But one of the preparations, mashallah, they, you know, they like to prepare the savory and the samosas and the pakore and the food, which we all enjoy. So we should, we should especially remember our mothers and sisters in our du'as because of the sacrifice and the effort they make. Okay, don't forget, never forget that. My dear brothers and sisters, talking about preparation, I mentioned, some, I mentioned one point a week or two ago, which was that nowadays, even as Muslims, when we make preparation for weddings, we take, we prepare months and months and months in advance. Some people even start preparing a year in advance. And some people go as far as even hiring a wedding planner. Is that what they call a wedding planner? Subhanallah. If, if we are as loyal as those people and if we are truly passionate like those people, maybe you should hire an imam, you should have an imam planner <laughs> to help you prepare for Ramadan. And trust me, the fees will not be as, as much as a wedding planner. <laughs> so if someone is serious about Ramadan, planning for Ramadan, you should hire an imam. <laughs> but you know, on a, that was on a light note, okay? <laughs> you don't have to pay any fees, don't worry. But you know, our pious predecessors, they used to plan months and months ahead. Our aslaf and the power pious predecessors, they used to plan ahead because they didn't want even a second of Ramadan to go to waste. They, want to, they wanted to make maximum benefit from the month of Ramadan. Now, inshallah, very quickly, I have a poster in front of me where I'm going I'm to mention a few points on how we can start making preparations. So, we are in the month of Sha'ban. Our Prophet actually, besides the month of Ramadan, this other month in which he fasted the most was in the month of Sha'ban. So if we want to start getting our bodies trained and used to fasting, maybe we still have another 10, 11, 12 days left. Maybe we can start making our bodies used to fasting and we can fast a few days here and there. But don't fast the last one, two days. Give your body a rest for the last one, two days. An extremely important point is to have a timetable. Rasulullah has warned us of procrastination. He said, Rasulullah warned us and he said, beware of procrastination. What does procrastination mean? I'll do it, don't worry. I'll do it. I will do it. This is, this is procrastination. 
Sheikh Muhammad Salim Dharat in Leicester, he says something very beautiful in regards to procrastination. He said, if you are going to do something tomorrow, do it today. And if you are going to do something today, do it now. This is the remedy for procrastination. So, the best way to prepare yourself or to avoid procrastination is to have a timetable. You know, people who are successful in whichever field they may be, especially in business. You know, once, once I, was, I was watching a video of this uh, a businessman in Dubai. I forgot his name. He's a very famous businessman. And mashallah, he was multitasking. How was he multitasking? He had a treadmill in his office. He was on the treadmill. He had a TV in front of him. And he was checking the stock market at the same time. So he was doing two things at once. But my point is, whether he was doing two things at once or three things at once, he was making use of his time. He wasn't letting time go to waste. So from now, before Ramadan starts, not when Ramadan starts, before Ramadan starts, have a timetable. And one of the best things we should do in the month of Ramadan, inshallah, we're all going to fast, but one of the best things we can do is to read, to recite the Holy Quran, the recitation of the Holy Quran, and for others who have even more time, try to take out time to understand what Allah is telling you and I. You know, if you find it difficult to read the Quran, space it out. Read a few pages after Fajr, or maybe a few pages after Zuhr, then few few pages after Asr, after Maghrib, after Isha, and you'll be surprised how many pages you will do in 24 hours if you space it out. Everyone's ability of reading the Quran will be different. But one thing Allah Ta'ala wants to see from us is what? Allah wants to see, the, is, my, is my servant trying or not? That's all Allah wants to see from you and I. It's not how much Quran you can read. Allah wants to see, is my servant truly trying or not? Why? Because Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, at the end of Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah says, Allah says, for and those people who strive for us. But are we strive means you try your best. That's what striving means. You try your absolute best. And if you shall if you shall do that, if we shall do that. Allah Ta'ala makes a promise Allah says we shall most definitely show them our path Subhanallah Inshallah time does not allow me to continue Inshallah we can continue these points next week on the tips of Ramadan Inshallah a few important points um, very important points if I can quickly find it Inshallah one of them will be, um, and I, you know, unfortunately this Ramadan, for safety and compliance reasons, there'll be no taraweeh, there'll be no taraweeh salah. There shall be the five times salah, we shall have a Jummah salah, we shall have talks after Asr by Imam Usama, but there shall be no taraweeh salah. 
brothers may wish to offer their tarawih salah at home or maybe try and attend other local masajids which are having tarawih salah. Also, um, those brothers who wish to break their fast and do iftar at the masjid, please, please bring only dates and water. And the third announcement is inshallah to book Jummah Salah, the slots. Uh, it, it shall be available every Wednesdays from 5 o'clock inshallah. And the last point is a sister, uh, Sister Zahra Sayyid, um, who has a brain tumor. She's in hospital. We make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relieves her from this brain tumor. Allah ta'ala gives her shifa kamila, total shifa. These were a few points, inshallah. Um, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq ability. May Allah ta'ala help us physically, spiritually, mentally to prepare for the blessed month of Ramadan, which is literally around the corner. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, shadu an